All right, guys and gals, welcome to another week of the Football Lab Podcast. Uh, as usual, I am your host, Corey, joined as always by Jared. Uh, Frank is here, but he will not be speaking because he's taking a vow of silence for the rest of his life. So, Jared, uh, week four in the books, another exciting week. How are we feeling? Man, I uh, I feel pretty good about everything. I mean, regarding, I mean, it's it, the further we get into this season, I think last week I was thinking uh, maybe it's all stabilized and we figure out what teams are. And then this week I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, this is 2007 all over again. Yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty wild. I love it. So kick it off with more chaos. Uh, the ACC has pretty much been eliminated from the playoff. I think we both agree on that. Clemson and UNC both lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Clemson loses to NC State. UNC loses to Georgia Tech who we both originally thought might be a dark horse and then decided their schedule was too tough, and now I'm starting to think might be a dark horse again. <laughs> well, when you go out and lose to Northern Illinois in week one, you can kind of yeah. kind of quash all hope that people had for you, but then you go out and give a good, tough name to Clemson, you go out and beat UNC, you're back <laughs> in dark horse territory, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, this is the definition of a chaos year is when Georgia Tech out of nowhere <laughs> loses to Northern Illinois. To open the season, yep. Great Takes stuff. Clemson to the wire, beats UNC. I mean, Clemson, UNC, they got they got problems. They, um, yeah. We don't talk about we don't have the UNC game in our reviews later, but we'll add it in at the end. Um, Twelve uh, top twenty-five preseason teams are no longer ranked. That is pretty wild. That that is a statement, and it's sh- and it's probably going to be thirteen before too long because Clemson barely hangs on at twenty five. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the highest ranked ACC team right now is NC State at twenty three. Yep. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so um, another, probably the wildest thing that happened this weekend: uh, Ohio State linebacker Kayvon Pope quits mid game. Uh, I saw a tweet. Supposedly, he was supposed to come in on a sub package. The other player on the field waved him off, so he stomped up and down the sidelines, like threw his gloves to the stands, got escorted to the locker room. He's, of course, now in the transport portal. But uh, just wild stuff. Yeah, and I guess that means he has another year of eligibility because he is a senior. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess he'll figure something out. (laughs) Um, Uh, I guess technically he could take a red shirt if he hasn't already because this was only week four, and if he hadn't played at all, then he's good to go. Well, I mean, even if he did play this week, he's still fine because it's up to four games. Yeah, I, I didn't know if he played in any of the other ones. I'd imagine not. Well, I mean, if he was coming out in sub packages, I mean, you would think he played. I don't know. Yeah. They were blown yeah. out uh, whoever they played this weekend. So. Uh, yeah, and then <laughs> did you see the Oklahoma game? I heard about it. I didn't have that. I didn't have the sound for that game on when I was watching it. So I had my bachelor party this weekend. One of the things I did was uh, my brother brought a speaker. We set it up, and we were watching some of the football games. And five, I think it was five or six minutes into the second quarter, you just start hearing fans chanting, we want Caleb, in reference to Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, uh, who was a five-star last year. Yeah, I think he was the number one quarterback for last year. I mean, Rattler's not having a great year in comparisons to what he did at the end of last year and what people think he should be, but, I mean, I mean, anytime your starter struggles and you have a high-profile backup, I mean, case in point, my dad and I were talking about how else you should start uh, Garrett Nussmeyer in week three against Central Michigan. I mean, that's just, it's every fan base. You know, once you have a 
back quarterback the fans are in the name of, they're going to constantly be screaming for the backup. I mean, I guess that's fair because even Georgia fans are doing that about uh, once, you know, we're blowing a team out so far, they're screaming for Brock Vandergriff to come in. And instead, they put Stetson Bennett, and everybody loses their mind. <laughs> it's always next year you or the backup quarterback's the true star. Or it's always, always something with the fan bases. Um, another weird thing that happened this week is Auburn fired their wide receiver coach. Um, I didn't catch his name, but anytime you're bringing in a, you know, Brian Hart's first-year head coach, you bring in a whole new staff. After week four, you fire your wide receiver coach. Not a great look. Yeah, and I, why? Why fire him? I mean, they weren't that – I mean, they went toe-to-toe with Penn State, and I find it hard to believe that it's the wide receiver's coach's fault of what was going on last week with Georgia State. Well, I mean – Like, what's going on If anyone deserves scenes? to be fired, it's Bo Nix. So, well, he got fired. He, yeah. Well, <laughs> not not for sure yet. But it does look like he may not no longer be the starter. Um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's really early to make a – that drastic of a coaching change. Maybe he did something. Maybe he was hard to work with. You got to figure Harson had a relationship with this guy before he brought him with him, though. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Harson, it's not starting off on a great foot for Harson to fire a coach four weeks in. Yeah, that, not that a, he brought with him. It wasn't a holdover, was it? No, I mean, from what I understand, it was a completely new coach staff this year. Yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah. Um. So I saw this tweet on Twitter earlier today. And I thought it, it describes me very aptly as a football fan. Uh, it's Aria Gerson. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right now or right or not. She's a Vanderbilt beat writer. Um, the thing about the people who say they don't get why anyone prefers college football because the NFL is a far superior product is that they don't realize that a subset of college football fans love it because they take perverse enjoyment in bad football. There are people, not fans of either team, who are going to tune into UConn Vanderbilt on purpose, not because they think it would be good, but because they know it would be bad, and they are morbidly curious just how bad it can get. I agree with this 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm one of those fans or not. I um, I definitely think there is a group of people that totally enjoy loving, I mean, like, love watching that type of football. Just like, let's see how awful it really is. Do you remember the Cheez-It Bowl from like 2018? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I do. Dude, that was one of, the most, one of the most entertaining games I've ever seen in my life. When it's not my team, two bad teams playing, it doesn't get much better than that. Well, it's kind of like watching a bad, scary movie. Like, it gets hilarious to a point. Right. It's, fun, it's right. still fun to watch. Right. But I wouldn't say that that's what draws me in. Now, I'm the type of person I usually watch. If I'm at my computer, I'm watching usually five games at once. Um, yeah. So usually I pick, try to pick an SEC game, maybe a backup SEC game, and then I usually try to you know, spread it out between the other conferences. I'm not going to be here this weekend, but if I was sitting here this Saturday and I don't know what other games, I don't know what time they play. Um, but I can guarantee you that game would probably find its way into five. Yeah. I, and I get that. I mean – at any given time, there's going to be a, just a toilet bowl. There's going to be a terrible football game on. And it is fun to watch. But I think for me, like, I would much rather watch, like, Arkansas, Texas A&M or Penn State Auburn, like, where it's oh yeah, insane no, atmosphere. Right. Like, that's had, what draws me in. Cause if I can only me, watch one game at a time, I'm not watching that. But if I can watch multiple games, it's all Yeah, f- for sure. But, I mean, I, I would argue that 
the reason that I like college football more than the NFL is these, I mean, even with NIL coming into the picture, these, these, these players are still playing their asses off to get to the next level. Right. And there's only a select few guys that when they get to the next level, that they aren't trying to save themselves. I mean, I feel like that's a big part of the NFL. Like there's some guys that are like, they're superstars in the playoffs, and then all year long you really don't see a whole lot because it's a long year, and you can have a really short career if you just play as hard as you can. I think of the running back from uh, Dallas. Oh, what was his name? He's like Marshawn Lynch, but he was just like a big back. Oh, you're talking about uh, the dude from Texas? Yeah, I can't Deontay remember. Foreman? No, 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 no. Dallas Cowboys. He, I thought he played for the Texans. He, he, Deontay Foreman did, but there was before him. I can't. How long? Like, what, what year are we talking? Uh, like 2010, uh, somewhere in there. Not thinking anybody. I can't think of his name, but he was just like a big bowling ball back, and for like three, four years, dude was incredible, and then he was done. Yep. Okay. Was... So here are the games that are on around the same time as uh, UConn Vanderbilt this weekend. Uh, Florida Kentucky starts like an hour and a half before. Um, Baylor, Oklahoma State starts right around the same time. Mississippi State, Texas A&M starts around the same time. Boston College, Clinton starts around the same time. Then it's Indiana, Penn State, Northwestern, Nebraska. I'd put Connecticut and Vanderbilt over Northwestern, Nebraska, or Indiana, Penn State. I don't think either of those games are going to be very competitive. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too. When you get to a certain level of bad, it's going to be a competitive game. Right. Because, like, I mean, if you go back and watch so, the Van- At the end of the day, somebody has to win. Yeah. Well, if no you go watch the Vanderbilt, uh, the Vanderbilt-Stanford game from last week, I mean, it's it's not great, but it was a competitive game. Right. So, I mean, when you get two teams at the same level, it becomes – it either becomes a laughing stock or a really good game usually at that both. level. Usually both. Yeah. Um, so, this is kind of – this is something you and I have kind of talk, talked about briefly is um, – so does all the chaos from the early part of this season, do you think it makes a stronger case for the expanded playoffs? Uh, you know, personally, I want there to be an expanded playoff, but I don't think this is going to make let – me, let me think how to phrase this. This year is probably going to make the strongest case for an expanded playoff, but with the four-team playoff system we've had, you could really argue that there's only three teams – and every single year that we've had four to the four team playoff, three teams are competitive and one team just gets crushed. I mean, I get that aspect, but then you go and look at the NFL playoffs. You know, there's been a lot of cases where the most, you know, the team that looked by far the most dominant. Now I know it's a there's less of a disparity between the teams in the NFL than there's in college football, but it's still like. I feel like even if you don't get one of those magical upsets once every three or four years, those magical upsets and those Cinderella stories, those are going to, I mean, it's just, it's just going to elevate it to an even bigger level. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, like I said, personally, I think they should expand the playoffs because I want, I want the UCFs and the US, you know, USFs and Cincy's and Coastal Carolina. I want those guys getting the playoffs. Right. Because you're right. Every once in a while, they are going to win. Um, I mean, if Cincy makes it in this year, which they have, they have a path to do it. If they beat Notre Dame and they make it in, they're gonna get absolutely fleeced by the top three teams. But if you expand that out to twelve, 
if you expand you that out to 12. I, I, I just don't think they're on the same See, level. Me personally, I would do 16. Uh, that's my dream scenario. Cut two regular season games off. Play one out of conference game, nine conference games, conference championships, and then uh, 16-team playoff. That's my uh, dream scenario. I mean, I'd be all for it, and I could just see, like, you could make a ton of money. There'd be a lot more of the, uh, I don't know, like, I mean, can you imagine getting six the top 16 in and just, <laughs> there'd, just be, like, there'd be rematches, there would be teams that's never yeah, played be before. Games. It would be, you know, you may <laughs> screw around and see some, so, like, old conference rivalries that you don't see anymore, like a Texas, Texas A&M. Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. I did hear this, though, um, from a guy today, and he he's kind of an SEC homer. Um, but he was saying that if you expanded the playoff in, he goes, look how many teams are from the SEC in the top 15 every yeah, year. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like It's not just the top 16 teams. I mean, you got automatic qualifiers from conference champions. Okay. Power 5 conference champions automatic qualifiers. If you're going to do, if you're gonna do in my opinion, if you're doing 10 or more teams, one group of five needs to be guaranteed the spot um, and then do the rest at large. But I don't think – you don't just take the top 16. Well, how would it – I mean, if you're doing the conference championships and say it's Alabama versus Georgia, it's a 1v2, like the potential – Well, Georgia would still get in. Like if Georgia loses that game, the loser's probably still going to get in. Just That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, just think about it. So five if – you, if, let's just say it's a 12 team. Okay. Five automatic conference champions, and then one group of five teams. That still gives you six spots. So the six next most deserving teams still get in. Okay, so what if four of those deserving teams are in the SEC? I don't think it'll be like that, though. They would. Ha- I mean, they would have to set up something to where there's a limit you're, per you're conference. You're talking about you're putting in an SEC team with three losses. Well, against- potentially. I mean, well, I if guess you're, if they yeah, go if to you're the, that far down, there's no way you're only going to have one or two losses. Well, and you're also saying that it's only conference games. Well, so. if, if it's sixteen, if, it's, if we're talking about just expanding the playoffs to twelve, um, but I mean, at the end of the season, you know, the team that finished, finished second or third in the West, I mean, they're most likely going to have at least two, probably three losses. I mean, I guess I'm looking at it as like. All right, let's just do an example of this year. Uh, Ole Miss and Alabama are going to play each other. Georgia, Florida are going to play each other. Let's say that both of those went out until they face each other. The winner of those goes on to the SEC championship. I mean, you could potentially have three one-loss teams right there. Like an undefeated you, I mean, three-one loss. But I, I don't know. I mean, I know, it, I'm, we're getting into the weeds it, on it. Yeah, it's... I think there's no reason not to expand the playoffs. It's worked so well up to this point. There's why why not? Yeah, I agree. Like I think you should expand it. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm fine I'm, with twelve. Honestly, I'm fine with sixteen. If, but right. But if we if we go back to the SEC thing, I mean, based on what I've seen this year, I'm not sure the third best team in the Big Twelve or the third best team in the Big Ten or the ACC or even the second best team in the ACC, they don't deserve to be in the playoff. Honestly. Well, you could very much argue that the best team that finishes out of the ACC doesn't deserve to be there. I mean, the ACC is bad. Top yeah, but you got to get something for winning your conference. That's, just, <laughs> yeah. that's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, and that's fair. And I know what you're saying. I'm just saying that, uh, like, it, it, I think that's kind of my point, though, is, like, most conferences are only going to produce one worthy 
opponent, perhaps two, but you're always going to have the SEC because I mean that's just the way it's been since the early, well, really. But I also think the transfer portal will change that. And and okay, so that is something that's interesting. Like if they expanded the playoffs, I do think you would have a wilder transfer portal because there would exactly. be more I mean, people. You know, another thing uh, I forgot to make this point earlier, but another thing that this year's chaos proves to me is that they need to do the first time free tra- uh, transfer for everybody. If you want the first time you want to transfer, you can transfer without having to sit out a year. Just think yeah. about all the guys who would have had to sit out. The running back at Michigan State, um, y'all have a defensive back. I mean, we've got yeah. players that we've picked up in the transfer portal. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, here like, to stay. Might as well embrace it, at least for the first time. Like, if you want to transfer, if you want to pull uh, Tate Martell and transfer to six different schools, now nah, you can sit out of here. But if it's just like you go, you know, somewhere across the country, you're from California and go to Alabama for your first year, you realize you don't really like Alabama, you want to transfer out back west. I get it. Let's just do it. Yeah, that's um, yeah, I, I'm I agree with you on that. I think I think the transfer portal should be open, just wide open. You get your one shot, and you can transfer again, but you're gonna have to sit out. And uh, right. I think of like Demetrius Robertson. He went to Cal. He was heavily recruited to Georgia. Was from Georgia. Went to Cal. Started. I think he, he played some his freshman year. Started his sophomore year. Transfers to Georgia. Sits out a year. Then he's basically eligible. And he just doesn't really play a lot at Georgia. So he's a six-year super senior because of COVID. He transfers again to Auburn. And he's getting to play a lot. It's just they cannot throw the ball. Well, he's got a bad wide receiver because that's why he got fired. Well, um, we'll see if his, if his stats uptick. But my point being, it's like, yeah, the one-time transfer for a lot of these players like that, like you get some super talented kids. I mean, look at Alabama, uh, Williamson, a dude transferred from Ohio State, yep. and he's a freaking track star. And the fact that Ohio State couldn't use him, but Alabama can, that's exactly what's going to happen in the transfer portal. There's going to be players go to Texas and Texas A&M and Ohio State and transfer right. from those schools too. Yeah, so, I think it strengthens, it strengthens the middle of your conferences more than it does the top. Because the top teams, for the most part, they don't have a ton of spots to go around. Okay, so here's another team. here's another thing to do with the transfer portal. Okay, so quarterback quarterback play is like the number one factor in your team being successful. It's just it, what most people like. If you have a good quarterback, you're going to have long-term success. Well, to be a good quarterback, most of the time requires some experience. How many you think how many teams are going to lose a good quarterback? Like say a good quarterback at Missouri transfers to a Texas A&M or or Florida or something like that. How much is that going to happen? Uh, I mean, it's 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 happened so much, and I would say for the most part, it's kind of panned out. I mean, you've got your bust, but I mean, think of all the guys who've transferred and have done really well. I mean, J.T. Daniels, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks who have transferred. Russell, I mean, Russell Wilson was one who pretty much yeah. started the whole thing. I was going to say, yeah, Russell Wilson was one of the first. So, uh, Derek King, but that ended up being to his detriment. I don't know. I, I think we're kind of starting to realize that Derek King probably wasn't as special as we thought. He's probably just playing against a lot weaker competition. Yeah, and that's something that happens too. I mean, yeah. you could argue the same for uh, what we saw at Notre Dame in Wisconsin. Yeah. 
But I, I think the the transfer portal outside the quarterback, <clears throat> it allows you to fill in the holes quickly. Um, especially, you know, when you have a bunch of new coaches and stuff, it allows you to kind of, you know, take inventory and kind of figure out what you need. And there's more likely you can find a player who's willing to come in. So I think it's positive. Um, we kind of went long on that. So let's go ahead and move on to uh, Jared's favorite segment. I, I don't like you how you keep changing the title, so I'm just going to revert back to the old title. Uh, Jared is happy, and Corey is indifferent. All right. Well, UGA looked amazing on all three phases. Um, 35 points in 10 minutes first bandy. Uh, and then pretty much after that, it was all second string. Uh, JT Daniels is clearly in command of the offense, especially on third down. He is elite on third down. Um, the defense is insane. Jalen Carter, <laughs> Jalen Carter, just looked like a man playing with a bunch of kids. Like he was throwing those offensive linemen for Vandy around and just manhandling the running back from Vandy. Um, Vandy just was overmatched. They didn't have a chance, but it just felt like. Uh, Georgia put it all together. Like they, they used it as like a laboratory test to test, you know, try out some freshmen, see who's going to play where and uh, get it ready for Arkansas. Uh, Kirby had at the end of the press conference challenged all the fans that if Georgia is going to be special, if they're going to be elite, the fans need to be that way as well. So he challenged all the fans to come out to the noon game against Arkansas and uh, make some noise. So we'll see if that happens. And uh, I'm just excited because this is it. This is the gauntlet. This is Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, and Tennessee. If we can get through this stretch, I uh, I think we have a legitimate chance at the national title, or at least to get to the playoffs and play for that. Um, but Georgia looks really good. They look special. And uh, I'm excited. I don't really have very much to add. It's just the same thing. Like, it's time to play some big games and see what Georgia's really made of. So, with that, I'll turn it over to you, man. Uh, on behalf of all LSU fans, I just want to apologize to you for y'all getting stuck with the noon game. Um, I guess it's because uh, it's Saturday night in Death Valley, so y'all are stuck with noon. Yeah, it is what it is, man. Um, <laughs> that's rough. Uh, are you going to the game? No, I, uh, I'm, I'm getting married. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Damn, dude, what a day to get married. Well, I got to tell you, looking back uh, months ago, Arkansas game didn't really seem like a big deal. Sam Pittman yeah, but you had just other... did in the Vandy game. That's well, guaranteed to not be a big deal. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the other thing. Our wedding's not till in the afternoon. It's a noon game. It'll that's be true. over. It'll That's be true. over before I get married. So, so you either be really, really happy or really, really sad on your wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to not let it affect me. <laughs> oh, man, that sounds like a disaster. <laughs> uh, all right, so I am indifferent. Uh, good win for LSU, but still a lot of things that concern me. Uh, we're too reliant on big plays. Um, I mean, you take away three play, three or four plays in that game, we lose easily. Um, we still can't run the ball. That will lose us some games against some teams. The fact that we had like a three-score lead going into the fourth quarter and we couldn't just, you know, extend drives by just running the ball is not good. Um, our offensive line, I'm not sure if they can get much better than where they're at right now. That is going to be a big issue. Um Max's numbers are still really, really good. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, that's all we have on offense. Um, so the offense lives for dies with Max Johnson right now. As far as the defensive side of things, perfect game plan for Durante Jones. After watching Bo Pelini refuse to play any zone coverage against Mississippi State last year, it's nice to see Durante came in with the right game plan. Um, Cordell Flott looks like another addition to the long list of defensive backs that she's going to churn out. Um, he's been really good this year, and he had his best game of the year. Um, from the defensive side of things, really not a whole lot. Um, this week will be a bigger test for the entirety of the defense and not just how well we can rush three and drop eight because that's what you have to do against Mississippi State. Um, <clears throat> the headline will most likely be Johnson versus Finley, but the real story of the game is going to be LSU's front seven against Tank Bigby in the Auburn running game. If we can stop that and make either Knicks or Finley throw the ball, I like our chances. Um, and this is something that I wanted to kind of share about uh, Max Johnson's numbers. So, Jared, I'm going to give you the stats of three quarterbacks over six games. I don't want you to tell me which one you would pick. I want you to tell me, is there anything that, like, jumps out to you being wildly different about these stats? All right. Um, I'll, I'll read them out to you. So, QBA, 77% completions, 1,495 yards, 18 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Quarterback B, 67% completion, 1,875 yards, 19 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. QBC, 61% completion, 1927 yards, 21 touchdowns, 4, uh, four interceptions. It, it blows my mind that the completion percentage goes down, but the yardage and touchdowns go up. Um, QBA seems like someone who's just thrown it to a running back out of the backfield. To me, because okay. there's no interceptions, there's 18 touchdowns. Like it's all, it's all safe passes. QBC looks like he's going for big shots in the end zone for 21 TDs and four interceptions. Right. So who and I mean QB B and C are like the same player essentially. Okay, so QBA is two his first six starts at Bama. Oh. QBB. Okay is Baker Mayfield's first six starts after he transferred to Oklahoma. QBC is Max Johnson in his first six starts at LSU. Wow. So I did not know that's the way you down. were going with it. <laughs> yep, completion percentage is down. But more more touchdowns is one more interception. Um, and that's with no running game and a bad offensive line. Yeah, I would argue that the completion percentage is probably based solely off the offensive line because the first two guys had – uh, elite offensive lines, exactly. you could argue. Uh, and he, he's had a lot of wide receiver drops, too. Um, that's also factored in. But, yeah, it, just, just, it shows how spoiled LSU fans have become at this point because that's his stats, and people are like, oh, I'm still not sure if Matt Johnson's the right guy. Well, here's the thing. Y'all are definitely scoring points, but you don't have a run game, which is we, off we, your offensive line. Well, that's his thing. We popped a couple of good runs against Mississippi State, but I'm not sure if that's just Mississippi State being bad or if like we actually had good runs. Well, and here's the thing: Mississippi State outrushed y'all, which blows my mind. That's that's got to well, be. Well, I mean, the way we were playing defense, we were literally rushing three, dropping eight. So yeah. if they ran the ball, it was going to be at least five yards before a defender got. It. It's just they got, told they got me... too impatient to stick with the run to like make to force us to come up. That's just not a stat I would have. If somebody was just like uh, Mississippi State will be, the, I don't know the better rusher. I don't know I, what I the time of possession that. was, but I would imagine that they dominated us in time of possession. Yeah. Because we we did not have a bunch of long drives. 
so so what happened? Because it looked like y'all were handling them pretty good, and then like I stopped watching it and I flipped the game on just to see what the final score was, and it was what twenty five twenty four. Mike Leach things, and they just started. They just kept slinging it, and they got some passes. I mean, there's I just there's only so much you can do at a certain point, you know. Well, I'm glad y'all held out. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> uh, I don't see time of possession on here, but I gotta imagine they killed us in time of possession. That is a wild. That is a wild couple stats about that you just gave me, though. So yeah, I was gonna throw in Max, uh, Mac Jones, and Joe Burrow, but they just those numbers are just stupid. Like it wouldn't even be close. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, so let's let's quick go to game reviews. Um, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin. They kept it close, like right until the end, and then Notre Dame just started pouring it on. Yeah, and that's wild to me, and and I think this is a case of like not having film on a QB or something, because I'm pretty sure if that quarterback starts for Notre Dame, I don't think they have the same success that he had in that game. I mean, as a true freshman, um, no, there's no way. I mean, good on him though. I mean, that was a heck of a heck of a game by that kid just to come in off the bench cold, gets killed like his first pass and fumbles the ball, and then proceeds to just pick Wisconsin apart. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I whiffed on that one big time. I thought Wisconsin was going to beat Notre Dame because they've looked like crap this whole year, and they looked like a totally different team, especially the second half of that game. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think, honestly, think at this point, Wisconsin just kind of given up. Uh, for sure now, yeah. And one of the worst QB performance, performances of all time was uh, uh, Wisconsin's Graham quarterback. Graham Mertz, man. He did terrible. Ooh, not I a good look, Graham Mertz. I hate it for the kid, but he played so bad. Yeah, that was rough. Um, four interceptions. Four interceptions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Texas Tech, Baylor. Texas beat the brakes off Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think this proves Texas Tech is really bad more than Texas is, you know, great. Well, I mean, Texas has got the ammo to do it. But, yeah, I think Texas Tech is just really bad right now. Yeah. Uh Iowa State and Baylor. Uh, Baylor looked good. Uh, we still don't know how good Iowa State is. I think is Iowa State is like lower tier of the Big yeah, Ten I this mean, year. Yeah, two wins are not against great or, teams. Wait, are they Big 12 or Big Ten? Big 12. Their two wins did not come yeah. against great teams, uh, and then they lost to the two decent good teams that they played in Iowa and Baylor. So, yeah. not still, not really. I mean, that's the thing. Iowa State should be good because, I mean, you got like a fifth year senior quarterback. Senior running back, it should be a pretty good team. They just had lived up to it this year. It doesn't make any sense. It looks like they were good just because everybody else sucked because of COVID last year, is what it looks like. But they were good like two or three years before that, too. I mean, they've been good for a a consistent, I mean, they've been second or third in the Big 12 for like the last two, like three or four years, I think. Well, we'll get an idea of what Baylor's actually like because they play Oklahoma State this upcoming weekend. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, And in Bars, Arkansas, a really entertaining game. Um, honestly, yeah, just like I thought. uh, KJ Jefferson, that's quarterback, right? Yeah. If he doesn't hurt his hammy in like the third quarter, I think Arkansas beats him even worse. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, storyline coming in the Georgia game. But Arkansas, I mean, I'll have to say this too: Texas A&M's defensive performance, the defensive line looks fierce. Yeah. But they're but they're tackling for a defense that's been so good. It's just like they gave up. They're just like, ah, we're not going to win this game because the well, tackling listen, was pathetic. If you listen they to the one guy on Tex Hags, they're just a bunch of stoners, and they don't really like Calzada. So 
Well, I mean, if that's actually true, it looked like it. They look like they totally gave up on that kid. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, offensive our, line, offensive line's been an issue for a couple of weeks now. I mean, not everybody's going to be able to do what A and M. I mean, uh, Arkansas did, where they were still able to get pressure by only rushing three guys every play, which is just crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Texas A and M offensive line is an issue, and I don't think having Haynes King back is going to fix that. Yeah, I think Texas A&M and Clemson are in the same boat. Great defense, but their offenses are so bad that they're hamstrung to to do anything now, yep. especially A&M's quarterback being hurt. Yep. Uh, Michigan at Rutgers. This was actually a really good game. I don't know how much you saw this one. I didn't uh, see a whole lot. Um, Rutgers kept it close, man. Greg Ciano, the, the, I mean, the perfect man for the job. Rutgers keeps it close. I think they were only down – I mean, they, were, they only lost by seven. Yeah, uh, Rutgers is – I think Rutgers – is better than people, uh, including myself, thought. I thought Rutgers was going to be terrible this year. And Dude, is that I their first loss? A few years, but Greg Chiana, dude, he, he, he just gets it, man. Yeah, and, and that was her first loss of the year. And losing to Michigan is not a bad loss to have on your record, especially when you're supposed to be in the middle of a rebuild. Uh, one of the computer polls has Michigan as the number one team right now. <sighs> I don't know if I'd believe that or not. Well, I mean, it's a computer poll, so don't really, yeah. don't, I don't put a whole lot of stock in this. You say they're up there. You say they're up there. Go ahead. That was going to say, I think they're up there, but I, I don't yeah. think they're anywhere close they're to number team, one. I think. So, right yeah. now, you say they Stanford. Stanford kept it close, but you say just kept them at arm's length and just won it kind of pretty comfortably. Yeah, I, Stanford's just not good. They have like they have a lot of talent, but they just can't They can't really do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be interested to see what David Shaw's buyout is because they got to be getting close to cutting the ties with him. Well, I mean, Stanford made Vandy look kind of good last week, even though Stanford beat them. But, I mean, UCLA is just, they're not a bad team at all. They're just not a great passing team. And I don't know. Stanford, yeah, I think it's time to change direction because they are kind of a, they're kind of a disappointment. Well, they stagnated for a couple years and now they're just falling off. Yeah. Uh, Missouri versus Boston, uh, Boston College. This this was a very entertaining game. Yeah, I uh, like Mizzou has definitely got you know great quarterback, um, but I cannot believe they let <laughs> they let BC come back and drop that that last minute touchdown. I mean, I mean they almost gave up a last minute touchdown to LSU last year. We just couldn't. Yeah, I guess we that's fair. We didn't know how to line up under center. Um, Drinkwitz is an offensive coach. Um, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that the defense is not going to be great. This is Barry Odom out there, you know. No, they don't have a whole lot of Michael Sam's coming through these days. <laughs> uh, Oklahoma versus West Virginia. Defensive battle, which I don't think any, really anybody saw coming. Um, yeah, I think this game goes to show that Oklahoma's got a lot of problems on offense. On offense, for sure. I don't know what's going on. I don't um, – I mean, golly, man. I hate it for Rattler just because, I mean, the fans just chanting that they want the next guy. And uh, I, I think their offense will be worse if they do that. I mean, you never know, but I just – I don't know what's going on because it's the same coach – same offense, and I mean, I, I think a lot of people just got used to him churning out such prolific passing offenses. I, I don't know what happened. They they definitely don't have the wide receiver talent they've had in past years. 
Yeah, I mean, he went 26-36 for 256 yards. I mean, that's not a bad game. No, I mean, it's not horrible at all. I think people are just used to Oklahoma putting up 50-60 points against everybody, and they've done everything but this year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, do you think the rest of the Big 12 is figured Lincoln Riley out? Do you think it's just they're just having issues? I, I think defenses across the board have caught up to the offenses of the league because there's really nobody that's just prolific right now. Uh, a lot more teams are running. 60 points a game. Well, it goes hand-in-hand hand with who we're playing. I mean, <laughs> we scored 10 against, and technically we scored nothing. We kicked a field goal against Clemson and had a pick six. Now, yeah. we had a ton of injuries then, but I think the Arkansas game is going to reveal a lot about who we are. I just don't – there's just not a really prolific offense this year. Nobody is scoring big points in big games. Like, it just I mean, seems yeah, like the defense is caught up. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, no, I agree. It's just – I mean, you even look at Alabama and Florida. I mean, that game – Yeah, it will be interesting to see because I think the one thing you're seeing on defense is because the offenses have become more spread – the linebackers are getting smaller. The defensive linemen are getting smaller. And then you look at Alabama, and they still got these big hulking, you know, defensive line and linebackers. You know, kind of wonder at some point what what gives first. Is, is, is it just they have the talent to keep doing it, or they got to adapt? Well, I think you. I mean, I, I guess the key is like you got to recruit both. You got to have run stopping yeah, players, and I mean, you gotta got to sub the yeah. packages. Yeah, I mean, they got and they got the guys to do it. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, because Georgia, uh, Georgia has, like, a run-stopping defense and a pass-stopping defense. I mean, we have, like, an entire package of both as far as the front seven goes. Yeah. Lucky, lucky y'all. Um, <laughs> Clemson, NC State. <laughs> Clemson. So, the one thing I want to say is there's been a lot of people that have given LSU a lot of shit this year for not looking motivated to play, not looking like they care, this not being the LSU football everybody's normal to. I hope everybody else feels the same way about Clemson. They have just as many issues as have more than LSU does. Yeah, the Oklahomas and the Ohio States of the world need to look at Clemson and just be thankful that they're not them because I don't know what's going on with Clemson, but they are terrible on the offensive side of the ball. And now they're becoming – I think they've just played so many snaps on defense, they're starting to drop players. Uh, yeah. I mean, Brian Breesey, their stud defensive lineman, he's out for the year. Yeah, they've now lost – two of their starting defensive tackles for the year. Um, lost one apparently from the Georgia game and then turned right around and lose another one in this NC State game for the year. So not not looking good for Clemson. I mean, I don't think they're done losing. I think they can oh, I don't, at, I least, don't either. I don't at either. least one, if not two more games. If they don't figure it out may, quick, yeah, for sure. And it might be more than that. I mean, I don't know. They just look like a completely different squad than what walked out there last year. And yep. I don't know what the issue is because it looks like they're doing all the same stuff. They just – Justin Ross doesn't look like the same guy. He's he's playing not to get hurt, I feel like. Yep. Their offensive line doesn't great. No. Their offensive line got worse, and it's the same players, and that blows my mind. I don't understand how that happens. I mean, uh, I, and, I, and I would have to say that Dabo's recruiting is finally, like, is catching I, up to him. I don't like Dabo. I don't like his all shucks, poor me attitude that he has sometimes. So I, well, I, I'm here for the downfall. Yeah, I was a big, you know, I rooted for him in the beginning because he just he was. A it was good to have a coach. new team. It was good to have a new team come up. 
Yeah, and then they were constantly challenging Bama. But yeah, the way he handled it, and I don't know, like he uh, in the Georgia game in the press conference, he pretty much blamed the pick six on Justin Ross. Just like called him out on national TV. I lost a lot of respect for him when he did that. I mean, whether that's true or not, you don't call a kid out on national TV for a mistake, even if it was. And it's not like it was a lack of effort. He just supposedly made the wrong read. Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. That's you, You lose a lot of your locker room doing shit like that. Well, to me, and this is one thing kind of about these, you know, Sam Pittman, Ed Orgeron, Davis, Sweeney type coaches. Um, if things start going sideways, you know, none of them have ever been an offensive defense coordinator, so it's not like they can just take over play calling duties. They have, they still have to sit back and trust their coordinators. And when things start going south, it's, I gotta mention it's really hard to do that. But if you don't have the experience, like Sam Pem has never called an offense, Ed Orgeron's never called a defense, Dabo's never called an offense, so they're kind of stuck. Um, and if you start having issues between your head coach and one of the coordinators and coordinator, I mean, the head coach can't actually do anything about it. That's the recipe for disaster. Yeah. And I have to say with the way things are going, uh, I mean, I think Brent Venables was eventually going to get a head coaching job. I think this is going to be the year he finally leaves. And I think that's really going to be devastating for Clemson Oh, if he loses whole. Brent Venables, he, he'll be fired within five years. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Cause I mean, I don't know. Maybe Venables realizes he doesn't want to be a head coach and he just wants to be a DC. Well, that's always been the story with him. Is he doesn't want to be a head coach. He just wants to call defense. Well, we'll see. He'll probably hang in there for a, another year or two, but if this is the way it's going to keep going, eventually he's going to move on. Yeah, you would think. Uh, Michigan State, Nebraska, I will never question Vegas ever again. Uh, I said <laughs> on last week's podcast, I don't understand how Michigan State was only a five point or four-point favorite. They won by three points. Um, Vegas is right. I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, it makes you wonder what they know to get some of these. Uh, we'll talk about it later on for the previews, but there's some some wild. Some questionable, questionable yeah. lines. Yeah, for sure. All right, move uh, on. Tennessee, Florida. Florida dismantled Tennessee, kind of. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee looked like they were going to be able to keep it close early, but then Florida just... Yeah, I think Tennessee, I, I don't know where Tennessee really is. I, I think they're ultimately hurt by all those transfers that left last year. I don't think they have a good head coach. I, I don't think I think they have a good head coach at all. <sighs> no, they just don't look. They have an answer they for anything. They should have just gone Gretchiano. And, and it sucks, too, because like you look at Tennessee, as soon as they get behind, it's almost like game over. It's kind of like Wisconsin right. away. Like They're not built to play catch-up in any way, shape, or Right, they're time. not built to go four wide and just sling the ball around. Yeah, like as soon as the team pulls ahead by one touchdown, like if you can't score quick, like that's, that's about game over. Yeah. Kentucky, South Carolina, I didn't really watch much of this one. I think it ended up being pretty close, though, didn't it? Uh, I think it did. I also didn't watch much of this one. I was probably three sheets. 16 to 10. <laughs> yeah. Kentucky won. Kentucky, yeah. I mean, we thought their offense was elite. Boy, had looked like the last two weeks. The last two weeks, they have really fallen off a cliff. I expect them to give Georgia their best look, just because what yeah. Georgia's ranked. But I mean, we're playing had, them too, so yeah, I, they just don't look good. I think we played the past them before y'all do. Uh, you might. Um, Georgia Tech UNC. We talked about this earlier. Uh, huge, <laughs> huge win for. <laughs> 
this uh, is this is the Mac Brown that I remember from Texas. Oh, for like, sure. Like just, they can't stop anybody. Their defense is atrocious. The, yeah, it, it's this is exactly what I'm saying. I mean, to do what they did, but they put 59 up on whoever last week. They won a game like 59 to 35. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's a that's a basketball score. Like, legitimately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but when you see that, and then they turn around and lose to Georgia Tech, and I'm not. Not only did they lose, Georgia Tech put up like 40 points. Yeah, Georgia Tech looked real good. With and a different quarterback than the one who played last week. Yeah, I, I'm a completely – I have no idea. Like, Georgia Tech is an enigma to me. I don't know what they actually are. They're 2-2, two and two, man. They can win the ACC. We could have been right. We could have just stuck with them. We should have trusted their gut and just stuck with Georgia Tech. I mean, um, I we, always – LSU point. plays Kentucky next weekend. Not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after that. So October 9th, uh, we'll play Kentucky. Okay, so, so we're probably in Auburn when you play Kentucky, and yeah, then we'll play, play Auburn. Kentucky. All right, well, let me know how Kentucky is, and we'll we'll take them up after you. We'll get sloppy seconds. Okay, for two <laughs> weeks in a row. Uh, well, yeah, two weeks in a row. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, so overachievers, underachievers for week four. As my overachievers, I've got Baylor, Oregon State. We didn't talk about that game, but, man, no. UNC, good Lord. And Rutgers, <laughs> and more specifically Greg Schiano, the job that he's done in six months on the job is impressive. Um, for my underachievers, I have Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. So much hope going into the season, and they just don't look great. Uh, Minnesota, who lost to Bowling Green. Holy what are you doing? Um, and then <laughs> Clemson. Uh, I mean, two yeah. losses before even out of the month of September. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, yeah. No, I, if you would have told me that in July, I would have laughed at you. Um, but here we are. <laughs> they are they they are in bad shape. All right. Well, I've got my overachievers as Arkansas, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma State. Sam Pittman has that Arkansas team playing. I, I think way above what their talent metric is. Like they have got a bunch of like three stars, a few four stars, but they are playing good ball and i still think the stat of the day is they have 11 players that are like 23 years old <laughs> yeah so, it's crazy byu of the south um notre dame uh you know i've been trashing them all year long and i still don't have a whole lot of love for them but they uh I mean, they showed out on Wisconsin. They uh, they put it together in the second half and ran away with it. And we'll we'll see. Maybe they're better than we think they are, and they finally figured it out. I mean, their head coach is good. He's really I good. I don't. I don't think they figured it out. You, you think they go the other way? Well, I don't I know who else is going to beat them. Who do you think they lose to? Cincinnati. You think Cincy beats them? Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we'll get to that in the previews. Uh, and then Oklahoma State. They are my overachievers because I did not realize that they are dealing with an insane amount of injuries. Mike Gundy came out and said he has never, ever, ever started a freshman before in any game ever that he's coached, and he started two last week. <laughs> so they are—they have had a ton of injuries on both sides of the ball, and they just keep figuring out ways to win. Um, and I keep wanting to pick against them because they're just so obliterated. And now I'm just starting to believe, like, it doesn't matter who Gundy throws out there. They're going to win. Uh, my underachievers are Ar- Auburn, UNC, and Oklahoma. 
Auburn, in my mind, it's just like last year. They stole this game from Georgia State, just like last year. They stole it from Arkansas. That call at the end was ridiculous, and that was a drop pass, and Auburn should have lost. But they figured out a way to win. <sighs> Auburn doing Auburn things. UNC, um, just was talking about it earlier, is just Mac Brown at the end of his Texas career, just <laughs> blowing somebody out one week, getting blowed out the next. And then Oklahoma, uh, their offense is anemic. And they got to get it figured out. Their defense is definitely better, but they can't score now, which is a problem. And I guess with with that, we'll just roll right into the week four hot takes. Uh, my hot take is Ole Miss beats Alabama and secures their way into the uh, SEC West Championship this year, or this week. Um. We talked a little bit about this earlier. The ACC will miss the playoffs entirely this year. Uh, their last two hopes both got their second loss of the season. I don't see anybody else emerging to win out of that conference. Uh, Oklahoma is about to get exposed. They're going to lose one of their next eight games. Um, I still think they win the Big 12, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And that's it for me. What's your right. takes? I got pretty out there this week. Uh I have Baylor wins the Big 12, but misses the playoffs because they lose to BYU. Uh, (laughs) This one's one's a little more reasonable. Cincinnati boosts playoff chances by beating Notre Dame this weekend. I think Cincinnati's going to beat Notre Dame, especially if uh, old boy can't play. I I haven't heard any updates on him. I haven't either. It was negative. He didn't break his leg or tear anything. But, I mean, still, I mean, bum ankle. Yeah, he's not great. Um, I think Cincinnati's better. So, uh, just like. Heads up on my preview pick for that one. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> this is like a guilty pleasure one. Uh, UConn beats Vandy this weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, no, I, I don't actually think that's going to happen, but it'd be fantastic if it did. <laughs> I wish that was a pick'em game. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, it's a shame they didn't. Um, I, Maybe, I how love, many points I are going to be? It. How many points are going to be scored in the UConn I, Vandy game? <laughs> I love that last one, and it wouldn't surprise me if the over-under was like 25. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, Just some ridiculous score. Uh, S- so, week five previews. Uh, yeah, I think we both have Ole Miss in Alabama. I think Ole Miss is like the worst possible matchup for Alabama. Yeah, right now, I think so. I mean, Bama, you know, Coach Saban sold his soul many years ago, ago, so he'll probably figure out a way to win this one. But, yeah, I think Wayne Kiffin. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to beat Bama to be the first uh, assistant to beat beat Saban. The over under on Connecticut or UConn Vanderbilt is fifty one and a half, which is actually a pretty good one. The over under on Mississippi State Texas A and M is like forty seven. Really? Yep. That's, um, that's surprising. Yeah. So we both got Ole Miss. Uh, I think uh, I think Ole Miss is like the worst possible matchup for Bama. Like I said, Notre Dame versus Cincy. I've got Cincy. Um, yeah. And I- I've got Notre Dame, but uh, I might I may change this one. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I mean, got... you've got a really good defensive team. I think they've got the better quarterback. Um, I think it'll be close, but I think Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati just has a better team. Uh, Baylor versus Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State's favored by four. I I pick Baylor. Like I said, I think I think Baylor's got a legit <laughs> shot to win the Big Twelve. I'm going to pick Oklahoma State because I just don't think they know how to lose to anyone in their own conference. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how beat up they are. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's true, but yeah. I'll I'll like get, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Give me the Bears. 
Louisville versus Wake Forest. I don't even remember this one being on here. Oh, I picked Wake Forest. Yeah, I picked Wake Forest as well. I don't have a ton of confidence in that because I just have this like preconceived notion that Wake Forest is not good. I, I, I well, the name the name alone makes me feel that way. <laughs> but I pick Wake Forest because I just ha- I don't really know enough about either of these teams. I mean, their best running back now plays at Michigan State. Can't be that good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um. Uh, Oklahoma versus Kansas State. I wanted to pick Kansas State. I just can't. I don't think Kansas State's the team that beats them. Yeah, I don't think this is the week they go down. So I pick. They Oklahoma. usually do struggle with Kansas State. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I agree. I think Oklahoma's going to figure out a way to make this look worse than it actually is and still win it. Um, Ohio State versus Rutgers. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Rutgers can. Keep it close against Ohio State, too. And kind of give us a gauge on how good uh, Michigan actually is. Um, is this a pick game? Yeah, it is. I, I picked yeah. Ohio State. I picked Ohio State, too, but like exactly what you said, I uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be close. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin versus Michigan. Somehow Wisconsin's favorite in this game. I don't understand how. Um, I mean, this is me down in Vegas again, so this may come back and bite me in the ass, but I guess because home field advantage, maybe. Uh, but I'm taking Michigan. Yeah, I know Vegas is. I think this goes the other flips the other way at some point, but this basically calling it a pick 'em. I think Michigan blows out Wisconsin. After what I just saw Notre Dame do, um, I do think Michigan's better than Notre Dame. But I guess this will be another gauge. It, you know, Wisconsin keeps it close. Maybe Michigan's not as good as we think they are. Okay, it has flipped since this morning since I put that in there. Or maybe it was maybe it just misread it, but it's Wisconsin plus one now. Wisconsin plus one. Yeah. No, you did not misread it. It, it, it. I found it on several sites. It was mis. Uh, so Wisconsin. the Cincinnati minus two and a half was it was accurate too? Yeah. I'm seeing. Oh yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Excuse, I messed up. Um. Oregon versus Stanford. I think we're both gonna take Oregon. Surprise. Yeah. Oregon's only favored by seven. Seems low, but it does seem low. I think that'll grow as the week goes. Um, LSU versus Auburn. I'll, put, I, I'll make a deal with you. For every pick and game, as long as LSU's favored, I'll pick LSU. If not, I won't pick LSU. But because okay. I do, oh, I like fine. I like my upsets. Okay. But well, I, I, mean, I do, I do think we can beat we can beat Auburn. Whether we do beat Auburn, I don't know. I hope we can, but I'm not sure. It's, it's at Auburn, right? No, it's at LSU. Uh, Auburn hasn't won in Baton Rouge since 1999. Yep. Yeah. It, it's at I meant LSU. to say. I meant to say at LSU. I was just yep. reading Saturday Auburn. night in Death Valley, eight o'clock. Yeah, kickoff. yeah. I'm picking Auburn. I mean, I'm picking LSU. Auburn's going to get. That's not. I'll be interested to see how full the stadium is. I mean, to be fair, Auburn has already played in an insane environment at Penn State, but I feel like Penn State's probably. I, I personally think they're one of the more overrated teams right now. But you, so you also got to keep this in mind. So TJ Finley, although he played at LSU, he's never actually played in a full Death Valley. Yeah, it's going to be – I wouldn't be surprised if Bo Nix gets back in there quick. I think Bo Nix starts, but I think it's if he if he throws an interception, they're going to yank him immediately. Okay. Yeah, um, well, I've got LSU as well. UGA versus Arkansas, I think Georgia rolls. Um, I think Arkansas is a bad matchup. Um I think I think I'll just go out and roll. It'd be interesting yeah. to see how good the offense performs, but I don't think I don't think they're gonna be able to move the ball on y'all. I really don't. Yeah, I think with the way Arkansas is set up, um, I, I think the same thing. It just looks like 
everything we've seen from both teams that UGA is going to be a nightmare for Arkansas. And I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Like, I wouldn't take, take Georgia to cover. Uh, but who knows? I mean, this offense, we're going to find out a lot this weekend. So I'm picking UGA, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't really think Arkansas has a a chance at this one. Um, no, I don't either. But uh, it's it's why they play. You never know. I've seen UGA lose dumber games, that's for sure. <laughs> and it's, this is a top ten matchup, so I'm really hoping that Georgia comes ready. I think y'all be ready. I, I think y'all be, even though it's only 11 o'clock kickoff, I think because of people not being able to go last year because of COVID and y'all look so good this year, uh, I, think that, I think that place will be rocking. Well, um, if the UAB game was indicative of what it's going to be like. I mean, that, well, that was the first home game of the year, right? Packed, yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm thinking See, this we will were be not at least. Central Michigan or McNeese, so. Yeah, we were, we were packed out. So I would imagine this game is going to be stupid. Um,. Extra games, uh, Penn State versus Indiana. You got to imagine Penn State. I mean, Indiana, I haven't heard anything from them since they lost in week one. Yeah, I, I'm picking Penn State. Um, I'm not sure Penn State covers on the 11, though. Uh, I don't know. I honestly can tell you, I've, I've watched nothing of Indiana since week one. Um, yeah, Florida... not... Go ahead. No, no, no. What were you saying about Indiana? I was gonna say I don't think Indiana is quite as bad as people think, but I'm still I'm still not sold on Penn State being a top ten team. I mean, they're a top four team right now, dude. They're a playoff team. Yeah, I know, but uh, I, I'm just telling you, I'm not sold on them as a top. Yeah, team. I mean, they barely they barely beat Western Kentucky last week, Indiana. So that's not a good sign. Yeah, they lost to Cincy. Their only wins well, are against West Kentucky and Idaho. So. Well, we're going to get to learn a lot about Penn State just off of this. Yeah. Uh, Florida, Kentucky. Um, I mean, the Kentucky two weeks ago, I think they could have given them a run for their money. The Kentucky now, I'm not so sure they can. Yeah, it depends on which Kentucky shows up. Well, I mean, uh, even, I don't know, I feel like Kentucky and their, they sold their soul to the devil to learn how to pass and they forgot how to run. <laughs> yeah, because they cannot run. Um. Iowa so, yeah. versus Maryland. It'll be interesting how Iowa handles Maryland's defense because it's a very like explosive big play offense. Uh, yeah, I think I was gonna... I, yeah, I think I was going to win too, but Iowa did not look good last week. Who they play? Colorado State. I mean, fourteen to twenty-four Iowa win. I mean, that's that just that's a regular Iowa game to me, you know. I guess it just. I guess you'd have had to watch some of it. They just Iowa did not look like themselves. Well, I know they were down early and they came back. Yeah, they just they looked asleep. It was a very flat. I mean, they probably they probably were play. asleep because they're probably looking ahead to the Maryland game. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I would still put Iowa ahead of Penn State, but I'm not sure either of these teams are as good as people think either. But we're we'll see. It could just be a bad week. Yeah, uh, Texas A&M versus Mississippi State. Um, <laughs> Does Arkansas have the soul of Texas A&M still, and does Mississippi State win this game? I don't know, man. I feel like everybody in the SEC has figured out Leach. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's the same thing. The teams that beat him in the Pac-12 did. It's rush three, drop eight. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm picking Texas A&M, but I'm picking Texas know. A&M too. I don't Crazy. feel great about it. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think Texas A&M will cover. Well, the, the the craziness that is this season, I could see Mike Leach figuring something wild out. 
Well, that's the thing. He's going to scheme somebody open every once in a while, but if you keep everything in front of you and don't let him hit big plays, they're going to self-implode eventually. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, Arizona State versus UCLA. I guess I'm taking UCLA. Yeah, I, I'm taking UCLA as well, but I just was surprised that the spread was so close. I'm not. UCLA, outside of beating LSU, which is not the most impressive thing in the world these days, hasn't really done much. Yeah. And then you got Texas v. TCU. I'm surprised that the line is only four and a half. Uh, I'm I not. W- TCU, I mean, Gary Patterson teams are usually pretty stout defensively. Um, I'll tell you who has looked really good. Our boy Zach Evans. Yeah. Yeah. So he's looked real good. He's a nightmare to deal with in a head case. Man, can he run the football? Yeah. So do you think he ends up uh, eating Texas alive? I don't know. I have I I haven't watched enough of Texas. I know Arkansas ran it all over on him. If TCU can run the ball, Texas. Uh, Christian can win. This I mean, game. T- with Zach Evans, TCU can't run the ball. They have yeah. proven that. If they run it well, that Texas could easily lose this game. Yeah, if they get off to a slow start, it's definitely it's definitely possible. Um, I mean, Texas is... Tech rushed for 132 yards against Texas, and that was <laughs> yeah. being active after they fell down 35 to 14 in the second quarter. Yeah, I just don't see. Texas being able to stop the run at all. Um, That's pretty much it for yards, picking the game. Uh, oh, how many rushing ahead, yards sorry. did Arkansas have against Texas? They had... Hold on, pulling it up. Alright, continue because it's going to take a minute. Yeah. Now, I, uh, that's pretty much it for our previews for week five there were some other ones in there uh i I just felt like the spreads were pretty big um yeah 333 yards is what Arkansas got against texas they had more rushing yards in texas than 12 yards well the the score would show that too it was spread out i mean the running back went 12 for 75 katie jefferson went 10 for 73 another running back went seven for 67 Another running back went eight for fifty, and then another running back went six for forty-four. So I mean, yeah, Arkansas they had has four guys all get fifty yards at least. Yeah, I think Arkansas has four running backs and then the quarterback. Yep, even even Malik Hornsby had a rush for twenty-nine yards. Um, all right, so <laughs> that pretty much wraps up the football portion of this week for the most part. Um, we actually kept it pretty on top. I thought we were going to run long because I knew. The playoff debate would kind of stretch out, but we powered through it. Yep, and we have made it through to our random topics right on time, more or less. Pretty much, yeah. Um, random topic number one, if you could pull a Bill and Ted and meet anyone throughout history and bring them back to the present day, who would that be? Yeah, so I asked, I came up with this question, and I haven't thought about it one bit. (laughs) (laughs) uh, No. <laughs> so happy we put this in here because I hadn't really thought about it either. I was hoping you, because it was your question, I was hoping you had a really good answer and I could say something stupid. 
<laughs> no, I uh, I don't know. I think I'd like to go back and maybe bring one of the, uh, I don't know, like Ben Franklin. I'd like to bring Ben Franklin to present day and just be like, check this out. <laughs> look at what look at what this place is now. What do you think? <laughs> one other person I thought of was uh, Nikolai Tesla. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how you feel about Tesla cars. Um, another one I'd want to bring back is uh, Bear Bryant so he can fight Saban. <laughs> Prove who really is the best college football coach of all time. Just do a fight club for old coaches. UFC coach versus new. Uh, Triller fight club. <laughs> Brian Kelly versus Newt Rotney. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Uh, if you could, if you could make one college football program great, who would you pick, and why is it with why is it UConn? <laughs> I love how you added that in there, um, and, and I mean this is like you know being where things are at today. Like, who's a program you would either make great again, or someone who's just been historically bad for a long time and make them great? Honestly, I think I would have to make like one of the military institutions great again, like Army or Navy or Air Force. It would just be really good if one of them at least was I'll, competitive. I'll tell you one thing. Once you get about 15 years in on NCAA 14 and Dynasty mode, one of those two teams, and usually both, are top five like every season. Because <laughs> for whatever reason, the AI, can, AI cannot stop the triple option, so they just beat everybody. <laughs> I see. Well... I would love to see like Army or Navy or Air Force. Just one of them just be, preferably Army. I, I think I would like to see Army just be dominant. Yeah. Um, see, to me, I think it's always good when the traditional teams are usually pretty good. Um, not necessarily Nebraska, but like Florida State and USC. I think when those teams are good, I feel like college football as as a whole is better. Um I, I wouldn't mind seeing like Tennessee, USC, um, Florida State, Nebraska, um, even Michigan. I think if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Florida State because I would like for the ACC to have someone else besides Clemson. And I think having another good team in Florida besides Florida, it would also yeah, be nice. I agree. Um, because Florida has just – there's so many good recruits in Florida. There's no reason that they can't support – I mean, realistically, it's about to be four Power 5 programs and uh, other players pulled out of that state. Yeah, well, right now, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, the Carolinas, and Florida are just supplying talent to every major college in the country. <laughs> the, surprisingly, the one state that pretty much locked down is Louisiana. I will give Ed that. He has pretty much locked down the top ten in Louisiana for the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, if you look at every top team in the country, from Texas all the way over, uh, including Tennessee and South Carolina, North Carolina, and Florida, uh, there's so much talent. I mean, there's yeah, just, I mean, we've been pulling I, I, players I cannot, out of Georgia. I can't um, tell you how many times I hear of a school, and it's just like someone from Georgia, someone from Tennessee, yep. someone from Florida, someone from Louisiana or Mississippi. It's always the South. There's I mean, so yeah, much yeah Cedric, Cedric Brandt-Pants, so you got starting center, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, he, he, from Louisiana, from New Orleans, had no desire to go to college in Louisiana, so he went to Georgia. Now he's a starter in his sophomore year. Yeah, and he's good. He's very good. He's very, yeah. very good. I, I can't believe we got him, to be honest. I can't. He had no desire to come to LSU. He, he, he flat out wouldn't talk to the coach. That's he wanted, wild. Yeah, the state's so bad. Yeah, he must have had some, I mean, just out. I mean, it's New Orleans, dude. There's no talent people have dealt with when they grew up in New Orleans. I mean, that's fair. Is a, I mean, 
New Orleans is a crappy place to live, especially if you're poor or you yeah. don't have a ton of money. You, a lot of the nice cities or a lot of the big cities in Louisiana, if you make over a certain income, you can avoid a lot of the bad areas. But if you're, I, mean, I would imagine there's Georgia's pretty much the same way. I mean, if you can't afford to not live in the bad areas, you're in the bad areas. Uh, yeah, if you want to live in the city of Atlanta, that's the case. But, um, I mean, we were just looking at it recently. The kind, the crime difference between even Atlanta and New Orleans is pretty wild. Uh, New Orleans is always in the bottom ten as far as crime I mean, rate goes. Yeah, I thought Atlanta was bad, but the crime rate in no. New Orleans is pretty high. Yeah. Um, so I guess my answer, I think we both, uh, Florida State would be cool. Uh, I'm trying to think of like another, it'd be cool if Hawaii was really good. But they're never going to invest the money in their program to be good. No. All right. So here's our the question of the day. <laughs> I saw this one. So I, every Monday I look up like I try to look up questions, just kind of you know get some ideas. And I saw this one, and I was like, "This is too great not to ask." If you if you were a potato, what way would you like to be cooked? Boil them, mash them, put them in a stew. Um. Dude, that just just make me a baked potato, all the way. You just want to be thrown in the oven? No, no just, special love or tear. Just want to be wrapped in aluminum foil and tossed in the oven. Yeah, well then, split me wide open and fill me full of <laughs> butter uh, and sour I'd, cream and chives. I'd be, a, I'd be a scallop potato. Slice oh, me yeah. up, slather me with some butter and cheese. Call it a day. <laughs> it just instantly made me think of a uh, pineapple express. Like a big old pile of flapjacks. <laughs> one of the best yeah. movies of all time. That's probably one of my top like five movies. Frank says smashed. Frank <laughs> says smashed. Frank, would you like to defend your point? No comment. No. All right. Uh, <laughs> in-game commentators can make or break a game day experience. Which analysts are your favorite, and which ones are your least favorite? Uh, yeah, mine's got to be Chris Fowler and Gus Johnson. Um, they. I don't know. When they get into it, it makes me get into it, even on games that I don't really have a stake in. But um, I don't know. Chris Fowler, I really enjoy. And, I, and I'm talking strictly college. I don't really have any other commentators outside of that. Um, but just Chris Chris Fowler and Gus Johnson just seem to get so into it and will scream and yell, and it's fun. And I like it. It just makes the experience better. Yeah, um, I would probably say my favorite is uh, Kirk Herbstreit. I just, yeah. To me, that's the voice of college football. Yeah, um, and I love, I love the fact that him and Chris Fowler are a team. That yeah. That's my favorite duo yep. as well, and they're calling the Arkansas game, and I'm excited. Um, You know, I didn't really like him whenever he was doing games, but I kind of miss Fern Lundquist. Yeah. He's, just, uh, he's so synonymous with that. 2.30 CBS spot. I mean, Gary Davidson drives me crazy too, but like just the uh, two of them together, the theme song, there's just, there's just something magical about it, you know? Yeah, it's nostalgic. Dude, I'm with you though. Gary Danson. Gary Davidson is the worst. He starts talking and I just want to punch him in the face. Gary Danielson and Chris <laughs> Collinsworth are the two worst announcers in all of professional sports. See, I don't have the hate for Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth. It's just um, like everything he says is like, well, when I was playing, dude, you were a crappy wide receiver. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. Joe Buck, I uh, I don't care for. And it's funny lot. because I don't, 
I mean, with as much Madden as you play, the fact that, like, that's part of the reason why I hate Chris Collinsworth is because his Madden commentary is terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a key. If you want to be a beloved commentator, just don't do Madden. I mean, Kirk Herbstreit did NCAA 14. He's still loved. Yeah, well, it's it's different. You know, when Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit first got into it, I was not a big fan of his because I thought he was a, a Big Ten boomer or like a homer boomer. Psh. Homer, I, I thought he just loved, you know, like USC, Ohio State. Like, he didn't have really much love for any other conference. The longer he's done it, though, I really like him. I feel like he's biased. I feel like he, I mean, unbiased. He, he just seems to call the games, you know, calls them as he sees them, and it, it doesn't seem like he's playing favorites. I really enjoy yeah. listening to him. Uh, Tony Romo is another underrated one. Well, not really underrated, but he's, you know, he come on lately, and he's done really, really good. Yeah, uh, and as you see, like his the little thing he picks up, little things he picks up during the game, that'll continue the further he gets, you know, separated from the rest of the league. Yeah, I, I think it's great to have him. I think another great commentator is really both the Manning brothers. Uh, that has actually been kind of fun to listen to. Yeah, I mean, Peyton's entertaining, and then Eli is like the perfect like deadpan to go along with Peyton. I like Hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then, uh, I mean, they just, they're, they're entertaining to watch. Um, I mean, I can't think of anything like even commercial wise bad that they've done. So yeah, they're, they're pretty yeah. good. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, be sure to go hit socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit thread, all that good stuff. Um, once again, uh, I'm on vacation next week. Uh, or next weekend, weekend. Jared's getting married next weekend. So next week's pod will probably come out a couple of days late, uh, probably Wednesday at the earliest, I would think. And uh, we probably should have saved the playoff discussion for that episode. That way we could have gone longer because we're not watching a ton of football this weekend. Yeah, well, the next couple episodes might be a little bit shorter. We'll just see. Definitely the next one. Um, Speaking of short. Uh, Adam? You're short. Uh, we're going to go play some foxhole. Um, so we will see everybody next week. All right. We'll see you then. Go, dogs. Go, tigers. Later. Later. <laughs>